Say what? Hello and welcome back. It's time for Say What, where we hear from those connected to the industry about what's going on in our world of electrical apprenticeship. And this includes topics that you have suggested to us. So keep those coming. I'm your host, Cindy Sandifer, and I am joined as usual by Todd Stafford, the Executive Director of the Electrical Training Alliance. Today, I always say it's going to be great, and it is. It's great again today. We are going to chat about the Closing the Skills Gap grant and the many benefits that it offers JTCs and first-year apprentices. But Steve, I was thinking about your history and your involvement in so many, it seems like so many grant projects. I feel like you've been doing this for ages, even though it's probably not been quite that long. But I was curious, we're talking about the closing the skills gap grant, which is not easy to say, um, it's a bit of a tongue twister, but can you give us a, just a brief overview about this particular grant and why it's so valuable to the local program? Well, the uh, Closing the Skills Gap grant was put out by the Department of Labor to increase the number of apprentices in the, in the United States, and not just for the electrical industry, but throughout the United States. And the reason this works so well for us is because if you've listened to our, uh, our leaders, our international president and the CEO of NECA, they've all been saying for the last year or two how important it is to increase the number of apprentices hence increasing the number of journeymen in the industry. And this, this grant falls right in line with that. The whole idea behind the grant is to increase the number of apprentices for us in the electrical industry. And that's, that's our whole purpose of this thing. Excellent. Yeah, meeting a need that we knew we had, but then coming across something like this that's so helpful. Marcus, thinking about You've been an instructor, you've been a training director, um, so you, you've got these two really interesting lenses. Can you share your thoughts about the grant looking at it, instructor, training director perspective? Yeah, yeah, I think as, a, as an instructor, I think it's going to be great. It'll, it's going to open up so much more time in the, when the apprentices are in the building for, you know, cool stuff, hopefully getting into more labs and really the grant, the curriculum is, is doing a lot of the teaching, a lot of the lecture based stuff that we, that instructors had to do in the past, but now hopefully we can get a lot of that done in the CML courses and yeah, just open up the in-classroom time to more, you know, beneficial stuff to the apprentice, get them some stuff. If, if somebody's stuck on a data center and they're doing, you know, four inch PVC in a ditch for two years at a time, well, let's get them in doing Conduit bending, we can have, you know, more more labs for that. Mm. That's kind of my That's thought. a goal. That's a goal. How do we get more hands-on training at the apprentice level? That's it. That's a great, great analogy. Right. Yeah, I can remember being at the JTC, and there was a, um, a fourth or fifth-year apprentice, and he was actually speaking about being nervous, mm-hmm. you know, because he'd done – he loved the work he was doing. He loved the contractors so much. They were They were fantastic. But it was the type of work, right. you know, that he was getting experience with. And he, thought, he said, what happens if? Yeah, there's no fault you know? of our industry on it. And we're so successful in certain areas of work we do. And we're so niche market driven industry in a lot of cases, a lot of different disciplines we work within. And it's hard to get out of that market when you're competing in a business model. It requires you to be efficient. So how do you, how do you get that change over? Well, that's where 
the JDC is going to have to find a way that we start picking up that slack. Mm -hmm. No doubt about it. And that's, that's a great example Marcus was speaking of, how we're trying to free up time at the JDC to do just that. Absolutely. And Tanya, you were the program administrator at a JTC, and Tanya and I were actually at um, JTCs around the same time, so we got to, to work together a little bit. Um, and so she's got you, Tanya, have all this experience. Um, what do you see, what benefits do you see this bringing, this particular grant bringing to not only the apprentices, but to the JTC administration? Well, there's a big benefit for the apprentices because for the first year, they don't have to pay for anything. It's all covered underneath the grant. Um, this gives them ample time to save for the second year so they can start doing that. Um, they can also determine through the coursework and through on-the-job training if this is a career path that they want to pursue. And that is, you know, all they have to do if they decide that they don't want to do it, just tell the director and, you know, the training director and they're done. Um, they don't lose anything except the time that they spent, you know, working and doing the coursework. So um, that's a good thing. And then the, the curriculum is self-paced. Of course, they have deadlines for their work and everything, but, um, you know, not needing to have the, 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 the work done, I guess, the next day or the next time that they need in class. There's a lot of perks to that. For the JTCs, um, you know, they can uh, have more time for hands-on training. I know when I worked at the JTC, training was mostly done on the weekends. And you kind of heard some gripes about that, but with this grant, it frees up more time for them to do training during the week. And then the apprentices have, you know, their time for the weekend is available. So um, the, the training directors, the instructors can still view the coursework that the apprentices are doing. So it, it's just, um, they'll save some, the JTCs will save some money, not a lot, but some money you know, participating in this program. It's just, it's great all around. It's win-win for both. That's uh, that's funny you said that because I was thinking there's a lot of wins. Mm -hmm. Like you're talking about all these wins and, you know, thinking about that apprentice, which is who we're serving. That's who we're looking out for, you know, the cost. Because, um, yeah, we can, we can say all day that it's, so much less or so much different than college, but money is money. And depending on, you know, what, where your situation is, it's still something that you're paying. Um, and then, especially, you know, figuring. Especially our first year apprentices. First right. day, first day, walk out. It's, it's much harder there because they haven't got involved in the industry yet so earning a paycheck. Right. Okay, so this helps them a lot of ways. Yeah. And then figuring out what they want to do. Mm -hmm. um, we've talked about that, that that's one of, if not the number one reason that people leave. The number one reason we hear from my feedback is it's just not what I thought it was going to be, which, okay, mm -hmm. let's expose it to them as soon as we can. Right. So, because there's nothing wrong with it. We, we've chosen a different pathway that doesn't fit for somebody choosing to work with us. That's fine. Let's just identify it early. Get right. somebody in there that wants to complete and we'll go. Right. And, it, and then, as Tanya pointed out, I think another important factor is you know, apprentices are all ages, all situations, right? So some may have families, they have different things, and this really does open up a bit of freedom. I mean, there are those deadlines, there are things you have to do and places you do have to be, but having that that little bit of freedom to try to, as you're trying to get used to this new career path that you're on, I think that's a, a really interesting point to bring up, and I think it makes it um, more appealing. We all work me. for a leisure time, what we do. Yeah. Right. Well, we, that's why we work. So why don't we just find a way we can schedule it? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, Alan hey, and, oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah, let me, let me add something to that. With the, with the CML format, you know, the, the, the schools, uh, all of the JATCs are going to have the, uh, 
opportunity to schedule the classes. That's one nice thing about this grant, the way it's set up, is that the flexibility is there for each JTC to run their program the way that they choose mm -hmm. to run it. And as far as freeing up the time, they can assign the assignments uh, one or two or three weeks out in advance and have those students give them enough time over a two or three week period to get those lessons done and then bring them in when they feel like it. If they want to bring them in twice a week, like a normal class for uh, the evening school, they can do that where they, they do uh, tutoring one night and do hands-on exercise the night. They want to bring them in once every two weeks or once a month. That's up to them. And uh, they have that flexibility with this grant. So the CML format, as Marcus mentioned, a lot of the lecturing that normally takes place in the classroom is taken care of with this new format. And we think once the JTCs become familiar with it, they are really going to like this format and they're going to like the freedom that it's going to give their uh, their instructors to go through and do a little bit more hands-on and a lot more training. Excellent. Thank you, Steve. For That was important. Um, mm -hmm. Thinking about Alan and Dave, we've got two training directors here with us. Um, so you're not hearing just from the Electrical Training Alliance. Um, we're doing this for the local program, absolutely. But if it doesn't work for the local program, then there's no Alan, point. <laughs> Alan and Dave's opinion gives a lot more weight to what we're talking about here because they want to actually have to implement it locally. They got to make it work locally. So exactly. Doesn't so want to hear from them. Yes. So um, Alan, why did you choose? to participate with, with this grant? Well, um, we, we chose to participate in it because I, I really believe that this is the direction that we need to go um, in the type of training that we're doing and what we offer our students. Um, I think that it gives both our students and our instructors additional resources uh, because our students can, you know, even if our even if our instructors do lecture on a subject, now those students have an additional resource of additional lecturing online that they can go back to as they're completing the completing the lessons and so forth. Um, another big thing for us, uh, especially with the on the instruction thing, we have a very large jurisdiction. Um, you can you can drive 12 hours for my training center and still be in my jurisdiction. So it opens up opportunities for our employers for uh, <clears throat> for projects out in those rural areas and to be able to utilize apprentices on that on those projects because then they can complete coursework while they're out in the field in those remote areas and then we can bring them in you know from time to time to do the hands-on and testing and so forth and that's a that's a real real big thing for us. Wow, I think my mouth dropped for just a second when you said the 12 oh, hours. I was like, wait, but that's the thing, like each situation is so unique, right? We were saying the apprentices situations, you know, in family lives and so forth are unique, but JTCs are, and AJTCs, you know, it's it's different. And so I think that's a such a valuable point um, that you make. Dave, I see the, the gator. Um, I, I saw that gator on that shirt. I'm not, I'm just saying it could just be, you know, just an image of an alligator. I'm not saying it was for Florida, but Dave, why did you um, choose to participate with this grant? Well, we were already familiar with the interim credentials. Uh, we were working with a couple of high schools, and so we were familiar with the format, and we've been pleased with the outcome from some of the students coming out of the high schools, coming, having gone through that curriculum and then coming into our uh, apprenticeship program. And I see a lot of flexibility. I think Steve mentioned the flexibility aspect of it. Uh, I can see the opportunity to do some, fill in some gaps um, with students who we get, we've seen an uptick in transfers from other JTCs. 
And we, we all know we don't all do the same curriculum the same way. And so we could, you know, we could use some of these courses to fill in those gaps without having to expend instructor time. And so that was, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to that aspect of it as well. And another example, the uh, EVITP course, the new course, mm-hmm. we probably are spending about half of the instructor time with the new course than we did on the original course too. So, um, and Steve can talk about the time that has been freed up for him to, to spend in the shop. Mm-hmm. And we're excited about that as well. Absolutely. I love the connection to the interim credentials, being able to see, um, you know, how they pair or at least just having that experience and not everybody's going to have that, but being able to, to relate it to that. I think that's really interesting that you mm-hmm. said that. Um, you've hey, both kind of mentioned, yes. And I have just one thing on this is that. Of course, uh, Steve. David, of course. David brought up the interim credential, and we do have, really, this is two different interim credential programs that we have. So uh, we don't want people to be confused that we have the interim credential for the high school programs that Bill Ball oversees. And the curriculum with that, it covers some of the first-year material. Mm-hmm. The interim credential for first-year apprentices, which is this what this grant is, completely different first-year uh, 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 program. And it covers all of the curriculum in the first year. So an individual that goes through this program will have all of their first year curriculum taken care of through the through the grant and through the CML training. And with the high school program, they have a portion of the first year taken care of. So there is a little bit of difference. We certainly don't want people to get confused. But I think David said the right thing is that they were able to experience what the uh, the IC did for the high schools and how it upgraded a lot of the lessons. And what we've done is taken it with the CML, taken it a step further. And these lessons are even more involved and a little bit more complete than what they had with the high school program. Excellent. Thank you for making that distinction because that that isn't clear. Um, A lot of times we just, we hear IC and we think, either just the high school or some some may just think about this grant program. Um, so Alan and Dave, so far, what are your thoughts um, on this? And you, and you kind of alluded to that and why you chose to participate, but I just want to know, is there anything else that you're thinking about with this? Anything you would want to share um, with someone that's listening? Well, one of, th- one of the things that we have noticed is the uh, grades are up over our, a normal first year class. We're seeing... Nice. We're seeing our lowest grades in the 80s where there's always and there's always somebody that's that's borderline, but we're not seeing that right now. We're seeing we're seeing an uptick in the grades. And so that's that's positive. That is that's very positive. Have you tried to pursue that any to find out why, perhaps? That's an unforeseen uh, I guess benefit of what we have. I didn't see that coming, but I'll take it and <laughs> I'd like to figure out why so we can replicate that somewhere else. No, I, I don't yet. We've we're okay. probably only three tests in, but um, it, it's been it's been interesting. Very good, good, good. I like to follow up on that, Dave. Let's, let's continue to talk about that as we go forward. I'd like to find out what makes that benefit so much. Mm. We do that, right, Alan? Anything to add to that? Uh, yeah, I, I one other thing that we're looking at very closely, um, probably like all training centers, we've had an increase in absenteeism um, because of the pandemic and so forth. And now our, all of our students, you know, are, are, you know, if you don't feel good, don't come to school. And uh, 
we're looking at this as a as another tool when we have to do that makeup time. Now we have again a, a really really good tool for that student to be able to go online, get lecture uh, online, and uh, it's it's going to be make our makeup time uh, much more flexible than we we've had in the past. Excellent. That's very exciting too, and I love to see if your grades grew up on that type of format compared to we really got something we're doing. What we mm. didn't see, but that's good. So. Yeah, that is really good. Okay, so... Um, well, the worry, the worry has the, been is, is, okay, the student at home, are they really going to apply themselves mm-hmm. or is their spouse doing it? Or are they doing exactly... So when the grades start picking up on the testing assessments, go up with that type format. I really encourage you to see that. It's good. Okay, so Steve, you got, or do you go by Steve or Steven? Steve V, sorry. Stevie. Either is perfectly fine. Just whatever, right? Um, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Not that. Um, what are you seeing as far as time in the classroom? I know we, we talked about EVITP, but what are you seeing there? So because it's, you know, completely new, we've we've been, you know, we're almost done with one semester now. And so we didn't throw everything into a bit of an uproar. We decided to just stick to our normal schedule. So... The apprentices that we've got in right now, we have uh, 35 total currently that are on the the CML curriculum. And these apprentices went through our traditional, they were started on a traditional path, which we do a 15-week boot camp uh, to get them started. We do CPR, first aid, what to expect on the job site, and an awful lot of conduit bending to get them ready for for when they hit the job site. Uh, So... With them, it was sort of a, an easy transition. Of course, just like any transition, there's going to be some hiccups and bumps in the road. But um, overall, I have nothing but positive things to say about the CML and mm-hmm. the format that uh, has been put together for it. Um, of course, you know, being a beta test group, you're always going to run into, you know, some issues or something doesn't work right. But that's just, you know, that's part of the way these things go. That's why they're beta tested. Um, now, as far, I can actually speak towards the the grade increase. And as an instructor who's currently doing it, uh, why I think we're seeing that. And I think that has a lot to do with when we're doing lecture-based instruction uh, with maybe handouts or something in the classroom, you always have someone who manages to skate through and is not exactly paying attention um, or they miss some key points during your lecture, um, or maybe they just kind of skim through the material uh, that you've given them for follow-up, but you know, all those excuses. And that's, pretty normal. I mean, sometimes they're working 70 hours a week on a big overtime job. Uh, But with the CML, they've got the opportunity to work when they can. And the knowledge checks and the the way the CML goes through the courseware, if they don't quite get something in a knowledge check, it bumps them back to the start of that particular session uh, and makes them look at that material again. And I think that is where that grade uh, gap there is is sort of being bridged is is they have to look at the material until they get it. I'm still very exciting, Steve, and I hope that continues to hold too. Because I was more worried when we were implementing this, especially during the grant beta process. Looking at it now, is that grades come back are are detrimental, doesn't show up the improvement that you see. And what do the committee say? 
I would go, that's what I should be looking. I should be monitoring also the grades and training directors, seeing what's going on. Uh, how can we show the value if it's not going to come back that way? So that's pretty exciting to hear that grades are improving better because I don't want the training director ever to have to stand in front of the committee and say, here's where we're going and why, and it doesn't show an improvement. So mm. good to hear. I'm sure you remember the days where everyone sort of, uh, you know, showed up 20 minutes before class with their workbooks out and who actually did the homework. <laughs> yeah, well, you actually went to the class ahead of time. You signed lessons before you got there that week. You know who don't want lessons where, so. Right. Luckily, those days are, are behind yeah. us. And, and, and the way the, the, the quiz material at the end of the lessons is, is even randomized. So uh, it, it definitely uh, helps put a damper on, um, you know, getting all the answers from, you know, someone in class. And, and that, but between those two things, between the way the course material is laid out and the, not, and the, the quizzes at the end, I, I think that's where the better grades are coming from. Very uh, good. Now, as far as on uh, from the viewpoint of an instructor, how it's changing my day, uh, we here have for years now, we've been doing half of our class time is in the classroom and half of the time that the, the students are here is out in the shop. So they get three hours of classroom instruction and three hours of shop instruction every single week. Um, what the CML has allowed us to do is continue with our normal hands-on instruction and then we're able to expand on that so do things that we normally would not have time for uh, as far as you know hands-on training or just to sit down and, and do group discussion on things that they see on the job or issues they're having because really that's incredibly important for you know the the green first years especially the guys that come in right out of high school they don't understand uh, completely the the job site mindset and 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 how to deal with certain situations when they get themselves out on the job for the first time, and so I, I think that um, that extra time is invaluable in the classroom. Hmm. That's excellent. Yeah, I'm like soaking all <laughs> like I'm, like there was so much you said. Um, so let's just for a second, let's say challenges, because you mentioned change and, and there's always going to be some pushback and there's going to be some challenges, difficulties. You're in a beta process. Opportunities. Um, I, opportunities. Right. But I'm trying. OK, but here's my thing. If I'm listening and I'm hesitant, I'm a you know, I'm a little bit I'm an instructor and I'm feeling like what are the some of the things we hear? Right. That maybe people feel like, OK, I'm not going to be as needed or. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Like my job's going away or right. what I do, you know, you hear these things um, and it is, it, change can be scary, mm -hmm. but it's obviously the most constant thing in our, in our lives is change. So when you think of those challenges slash opportunities, um, what would you say to the instructor who's a little nervous maybe about, you know, they're, they're not in the notebook, right? We stopped the notebooks, but you know, what are you saying to them about, about participating in this? So, as an instructor, I believe, you know, overall, obviously, the role of an instructor in the classroom is going to change with CML, but it's finding a way to turn that into something that's positive for the apprentices. And so, um, of course, some things have been mentioned. Tutoring is always necessary. You're always going to have someone that right. does not glean the information from the CML course. Uh, maybe it's a way it's put together. Or they just need a, a different explanation. Um, it's the extra time to cover things that are not part 
of the normal curriculum. So you can put together anything uh, instead of covering AC or DC theory out of a theory textbook. You can bring some coils and capacitors into the classroom with multimeters and um, and show them how they interact and build, you know, um, charging circuits or timer circuits with a resistor and a capacitor and a nine volt battery. It's those little things that uh, that really tie together the the concept uh, to something that the apprentice can do with their hands. So, uh, of course, more lab for something simple like that, we would call a lab. You know, but being able to take those um, those concepts and, and and get a lot of these guys to to put their hands on something in mm-hmm. during that classroom time that we would traditionally be doing a lecture based process, mm-hmm. I think that will really solidify um, the learning process for a lot of apprentices. That's great. Yeah, it really expands what the instructor gets to do. I mean, I would... It's, it's yeah. going to be a challenge to our instructors. I get it because right. not only we have the best instructors in the best organizations around, I get it. That's already there. But And we're asking them to change what we deliver into the apprentice in the classroom, which, honestly, it, I hear questions about you trying to do away with the instructor. No, I'm ele- it's elevating the need of the instructor in the local classroom because now I can explain DC and AC theory, but i got to show how to use it. Mm-hmm. Now I'm going to build tools and labs. I've got to show why I learned that theory and how I'm going to apply it while mm-hmm. I'm doing it. That's the difference. And in some ways, it's easier to teach theory. Let's think about it. Think about teaching ACDC theory. You can do it all day long without ever applying it. That's a different objective than in taking a lab set and going out and taking some instruments. All right, here's why we learned AC theory. We studied capacitive inductive reactors for this reason. Take measurements. Go show. Mm. And here's what you're going to see on the job site. Here's how you apply it. That's that's why we do it. That's why we learn it. So we have those critical thinking skills about how to understand why we learned AC theory. So we go back and take those measurements and see. And that's, that's, that is asking the instructors to pick their game up. I get mm-hmm. it. I get it. That's going to be a little tough on some of them. We'll have to find tools and resources for the instructors to help along the way. And we will. We'll build more and we'll add more. But that's the tree for you. But yet it, the benefit to the, the apprentice, as Stevie just talked about, is that's the whole benefit. It's teaching the apprentice now. All right, I understand AC theory, I understand DC theory, but here's how I can use it. Here's why I learned DC theory so I can study AC theory and study transformers, motors. Mm-hmm. I can take these meters and take these critical thinking skills mm-hmm. and solve problems. That's what it's for. And that's what it teaches you in the long run whenever you can apply what you learn. And I often said it a thousand times that education and training is two different things. I said it, mm-hmm. I'll say it a million more. It's education prepares an individual to be trained. Mm-hmm. Okay, we've been educating the DC and AC theories. We educate. All right, now let's go train them. Let's show them how to use it. That's where we need to go. Right. And the instructor's always been so important um, and valuable. And so now it's it's even filling a different need where we've kind of all been talking about this idea mm-hmm. of, you know, what maybe someone's not seeing on the job, not yet. or And so they're able to mm-hmm. come in and really help make sense, help connect these two worlds, something on, on paper or screen you know, to, to the actual work that they're going to be doing, that they're committing mm-hmm. their time to. So, Steve, you got the good job and the hard job, but I get it, buddy. Thank you. Everything you do, that's exactly right, what we're asking you to do. Thank you. Absolutely. Think, can I say something real quick, Cindy? Of course. Yes, Marcus. I think the other thing I heard from what Stephen was saying is, you know, if somebody's watching this and they're on the fence, it wasn't like this huge pivotal shift. You know, he's still doing the same thing he's done, he's just found out, oh, I got a little more time. So you can kind of work it in slow. It doesn't have to be a huge, huge change. 
you know, I think it has the definitely has the potential to Great point. change, but it doesn't have to be right out the gate. So I think right. that's, is that Great kind point. of, does, do you agree with that, Stephen? Uh, absolutely. You know, it does, it doesn't have to change overnight. We're still bringing them in for that three hours of classroom time. And I just sit them down and, you know, let's go ahead and, and, and start working on your, you know, your coursework and, um, that's my time to walk around the classroom and answer any questions that they may have. Yep. There you go. That's yep. a yep. huge, Marcus, that's, that's really, um, and Steve, not A, but V, um, that's, a, I mean, it is, it's, it's a massive point to make is that it's not like you walk in the next day and everything's changed. And it also doesn't mean that there's not value in that mm -hmm. time to talk about the lesson, to talk about the questions. To, it, it's not saying that's not important. It's about that blend and, and pulling those together. Um, but yeah, to answer the questions, like it's not like, sorry, we don't answer those anymore. We now just, you know, we only do labs and you can only do hands-on. You know, it, it's not ending something. It's kind of perfecting it, if you will. Um, so we keep talking about this and I just, I want to make sure before we end that we come back to the grant. So we're talking about this grant program, and these are all these things that it's doing, that, that it makes available to us. But the grant, what the grant is doing, Steve, I'm gonna I'm come back to Steve A. So this grant, you've already said it, but I just wanna make sure we reiterate, what is this grant doing for that local program? Um, we, we've talked again about what the instructor's gonna do, about how it's gonna be different for them and the apprentice and, and the great opportunities that it brings. But can you just one more time, just kind of tell us, so if you are part of this grant, what? If I'm a JATC, what? What does that mean for me? Well, it, it, it's, it's a situation where if you're not participating, you're really missing out on some money coming your way to help both the apprentice and the program. Uh, th this grant was set up in such a manner, and this, this was a little bit different than our original grant proposal, the way it came about. And so what we ended up with and, uh, is a program that allows the JTCs to continue to pick. They haven't picked their own apprentice. We haven't changed anything as far as the duties of the JTC. They still have the same responsibilities as far as selecting the apprentices, disciplining the apprentices, setting up their policies. We haven't changed any of that. The only thing that's changing with the grant is that we are now giving the uh, each JTC uh, up to 12 hours per month per instructor, per class, reimbursing them for that tutoring time. So now we get a chance that they can save money uh, if they bring them in one night a week uh, for tutoring and one night a week for lab exercises, half of their budget just got cut for that first year class because the grant is paying for that. All the, the, uh, the students' fees are covered in the first year for their textbooks, by the way, which is probably the largest expense that they'll have uh, through their apprenticeship is they buy most of the textbooks in the first year. That's all covered by the grant. The online access fees, the lesson fees are all covered by the grant. So the first year students are really coming in and getting quite a, quite a deal. And as Todd mentioned, you know, this is the best time for them because they aren't making any money yet. And it's harder for them to make that, 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 uh, that first bill that they have to pay when they have to buy their textbooks. So the grant is taking care of all of that. Uh, the JTCs have complete control. We at the Electrical Training Alliance are going to be tracking everything. We do all of the paperwork for the Department of Labor for the grant. So we will ask the uh, training director uh, a small questionnaire each quarter to fill out for us to help us with our quarterly report. But as far as uh, 
extensive amount of paperwork, they are not going to have that. We take care of all of that through the electric mm -hmm. train lot. So it's not an extra burden for the JATC to be a, a participant of this grant. So there's really, I, I can't think of any reason why a JATC would not want to participate uh, with this program. Mm -hmm. Now, I can tell you that we, uh, we, we have two years left in this grant. We think we'll get a third year uh, for this with an extension because of the late start that we were able to get. So we have really three years, let's say three years left of this grant. Again, it's only for the first year, but a program can participate one year or they can participate in the next three years if they want to you know, bring in each one of their first year classes into this. There's no contract that you have to sign that you're going to stay in it forever. You, you participate as long as you want to participate in this program. And uh, we think that it's going to really benefit a lot of the, uh, the, uh, the JTZs around the country. The CML lessons for the first year uh, are probably about 90% complete. So if you're starting right now, and we have eight programs that are currently participating in the grant. Um, those are, we've got, I, I think, an additional 20 that I've spoken to over the last week or week and a half that have committed to participate in the grant. And I think we're looking for at least another 15 to 20 more. I mean, if we get 30 more, we'd be happy to have them. But I think we're going to have uh, more people participate and contacting us to, uh, to go. We've got plenty of, uh, of money right now for the first part of this grant. And we mm -hmm. it might last through the next three years. It might be eaten up in the next two years. But whatever it is, you should take advantage of it. So. And you said there's no extra burden. When you said the, you know, the no extra burden on the JTC, I was looking at Tanya, so you didn't know I was. But I'm thinking, you know, it's it's not, hey, JTC, here's a bunch more paperwork, and now here's all these added responsibilities. It's no, we we've got you, we've got you covered, mm -hmm. and we're going to help. You know, there's this financial assistance, and and it just there's a lot as you pointed out, Steve, a lot of of great things. And if you're listening to this, and you know, you haven't heard much about it, Steve A. Don't call Steve V. He's, I mean, if you want an instructor perspective, I'm sure he'd be glad to help, but we're going to call Steve Anderson um, or reach out via email. And I think that's important, you know, to know that we're here to answer questions. Marcus will help. Tanya will help, you know, as far as the Electrical Training Alliance staff, um, you know, to, to help answer those questions. And we don't want you coming in feeling unsure, uncertain. Um, and then you've got, you know, you've heard from some training directors and instructor, and there's more out there that can certainly assist you know so we because again this is about todd you said it i think it was at nti mm -hmm. 2021 um you know you said this is about you right this is a, this is for the local program um true as far as what is designed for to help out and for several reasons one is to take some of the load off first year the apprentice first year yes help in the instructional content method yes because there are instructors that are working 70 hours a week as well not just apprentices mm -hmm coming in and teaching, you know, part-time, come in and teach. So it helps them out to be able to have a course delivery model to use and rely on. But also money, because if asking local programs now to start picking up more, do more hands-on training, that means more expense, because consumables involved. So there has to be some way to start saving a few dollars out of there, trying to find a way to transfer that money from one area to the other. And that's another reason, another reason behind the goal of the grant is trying to find a way to save up some money to put in the hands-on training. Because you want everybody to do hands-on training, it's great, everybody loves it, everybody wants it. Uh, everybody says, every class I've ever taught, is the, the one feedback you always give as a constant is, how do we get more hands-on training time? How do we have more time to do hands-on? And Okay, we can do that, but it's, it costs. Mm -hmm. So what are we going to start doing trying to help out that cost? Right. This, this is one, one tool. Excellent. You know, another real bonus uh, to this program 
is that the curriculum is all updated. This is brand new curriculum. This is the first year curriculum of the upgrade that they're doing with all the CML lessons for the next five years. And Marcus could probably answer more on this, on, 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 on how improved this curriculum is. But this is the first year curriculum that we're teaching right now through this program that all the programs will, will be required to go through over, you know, upcoming in the next couple of years. So, Marcus, you might want to just talk about how the curriculum has been improved and how great these lessons are now with the uh, with this new format. Yeah, I think I think kind of like what Stephen was saying is, you know, it's great because it gives the learner the opportunity to go through the curriculum. If they're struggling on stuff, it points them back and takes them back to where they're, you know, they miss something. So yeah, overall, it's it's a great upgrade. We've got 10, we've got 10 courses outlined in the grant that we cover. I think um, 11 when the uh, Foundation of Mathematics one is done and two of those, math, the math course being one of them are gonna be optional. They're, they'll be a part of the grant. You guys can enroll them or not. Uh, there's no test, there's no credit for it, um, either one of those, but they should be good, good tools for you know helping out there. Good. Marcus, thanks for doing the Stephen thing. I mean, we had that option this whole time, and I really just, I, I dug in on it's going to be Steve A and, you know, Steve V, and I could have just gone with Stephen, but let's make things a little more challenging because that's what I like to do, apparently. Is there anything, Tanya, stop shaking your head. Um, is there anything else? I want to make sure, you know, we've, we've covered everything. Is there anything else, anybody, closing thoughts on this? I think we covered most of it, but just wanted to make sure. Well, I would just like to say as closing thought that if you have any interest at all in participating in this program, just give me a call. And I'm um, easy to find from the Electrical Training Alliance website. And most people have got my, my phone number or my email address. Uh, if your committee's unsure, I've probably done a half a dozen presentations to different JTCs around the country that are thinking about participating but aren't quite sure what they're getting into yet. And I can tell you that we will have a, a memorandum of understanding that goes out to each one of the JTCs. And basically, it's just stating who's responsible for what. And again, I can't emphasize this enough. The JTC does not lose any control. They're going to continue to do exactly what they have been doing. We don't take any of that around and we'll put it in writing and we'll send it out and they get a chance to look at that. So if you're interested, give us a call. If you'd like me to do a presentation to your JTC, that's not a problem. Just call and we'll get something scheduled. So we look forward to work with all the programs. Our goal, just to let you know, over the next couple of years is to run 5,000 people through this grant. And so there's plenty of room for everybody. If you want to participate, give us a call. We'd love to have you. Yeah. And just make yeah. sure you understand that. Steve will talk to individual committee members. He'll mm -hmm. talk to the whole committee, whatever is needed. So this, you know, we want to, the goal is for, for that complete understanding. We're not trying to hide anything behind a veil, you know, a curtain. This is, here's what it is. Um, and we want you fully, fully versed in it. Marcus, were you saying, I feel like you might've been saying something right before Steve started, but. Yeah. Yeah. I think the big key takeaways are, you know, this grant covers those the course fees for those 10 courses for the apprentices. So they get that for free. Um, I don't know if we've said it, maybe I missed it, but um, there's also funding in there for tutoring. So I think, Steve, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's 12 hours per month per class, which we've kind of loosely defined a class as 20 apprentices. So if you got 70 or 80, then, you know, you'll get a, a portion of that. 
Um, the other big thing, I was just at the Northwest Training Directors Conference, um, and one of the big pieces of feedback that they were excited about is that we're taking on the burden of the grant. We send out a quarterly form that you guys are going to have to fill out. There'll be a little bit of data population that goes on there on your end, but for the most part, you know, we're the ones doing all the big, big lift for the grant. Thanks, Steve. Stuff, so. Thanks, Steve. <laughs> Marcus, I heard that being at the JTC when they did participate in a grant, it was cumbersome. Very grateful, very, very grateful mm -hmm. for having it, but it was a lot of additional work. So when you say, you know, all these benefits plus, I mean, that's, that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you all so much um, for chatting with us about this and sharing your experiences. Um, this is, I, I, I'm hopeful that it's helpful to uh, those that are listening and they're going to be reaching out. Steve Anderson, your phone's going to blow up. Your email inbox is going to be full, maybe fuller is probably what I should say. But, um, you know, we want to get this, get the word out and make sure everybody's uh, able to take yeah. advantage of it. Yeah, thanks to everyone taking time today to talk about it as well as participating in the grant. David, Alan, thank you guys very much. It's, uh, we'll learn by your experiences. You let us know how we can improve, but thank you. Yeah. Thank you all so much. Todd, mm -hmm. what, <laughs> how many thoughts do you have swimming around in your head at this point from that one? Too many, but they're all good. Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. there's a lot of good uh, feedback we heard from our instructor. That was great information from the instructor, but also our training directors as well. And the benefits of this grant have been just that, benefits. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't, we're, there's always challenges, always hiccups, always things we'll need to do to correct and improve. But uh, overall, I'm very happy in the success as well as the unintended and unforeseen benefits. Mm -hmm. The grades of the apprentice is picking up. I was worried about it going the other way and the, showing the other one side of improvement is outstanding. It's good news. Yeah, when we hear unintended consequences, a lot of times yeah. we think negative, but it's like, right. no, this is a wonderful benefit consequence from... Exactly. this happening and and steve anderson we kind of made this bet with him we wanted him to be like oh you know every jtc should be involved in this and so now he says it i think pretty much every time mm -hmm. he gets the chance but he's not wrong that no. was the thing to me like looking at it as a as a jtc or as that first year apprentice coming in even as that instructor and training director it's like from each vantage point you can see where the good right. is just let the let steve is exactly right and he said it over and over it's it's not about taking anything from the local program. They have all the autonomy, all the control, all the selections, everything, discipline, all this done. There's classes, same, same way. We're just trying to find a way to take some of the costs. Right. Some of the costs out of the way, help the apprentice, help the program, what it's about. Right. Absolutely. That's what it is. It's taking mm -hmm. some of the burden and giving right. back some, some great tools and benefits. Uh, thank you so much, gosh, to everyone that joined us, to Steve Anderson, Marcus, and Tanya. My goodness, the energy that you all have poured into and are pouring into this mm -hmm. and making it a reality. Thank you all so much. And Alan, uh, Dave, and Steve, Steven, Stevie, whatever we're going to say, <laughs> thank you all so much, wow, for sharing your experience and perspective. I mean, that that to me was so valuable. It's one thing to hear from us again, but to hear from those who are actually doing it is just so different. We're 
always very grateful to you, the listeners, for taking time to join us. Remember, we want to hear from you. If there are topics that you would like us to cover, send me an email. Send it to say what, that's say, S-A-Y-W-A-T-T, at electricaltrainingalliance.org. Our next episode will be in July, where we will talk with A.M. Crawford about how they can support JTCs and AJTCs with grant opportunities for your individual programs. And I know we just talked about grants, so I don't want to confuse. This is something even a little bit to kind of expound on other grant opportunities. As, that, we were, as I just said, it's to take the load off the local program. That's what it's about. Right. We'll find a way to help take that load off and other opportunities for grants. Exactly. So you'll want to tune in. Until then, stay connected with us through our newsletters, blog posts. Be sure to follow us on social media. Subscribe to this podcast. Tell a colleague or friend about it. Stay powered up, and we will see you next time. Say what?